You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. Welcome to today's episode of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. Our audience demographic is 98% business owners and business executives who listen to the show to learn from the experiences of our guests. If your firm is interested in reaching these top decision makers, then advertising on the radio program may be the answer. Each month, our sponsors gain valuable exposure through their support of our program. Last month, we delivered over 30,000 highly targeted sponsor impressions. To learn more, contact our advertising department at 949-887-4104. All right, I'd like to return to the show and our second guest, Ron Ashkenaz, who is a senior partner at Schaefer Consulting. Ron, welcome to the program. Uh, Thank you, Rick. Pleasure to be here. Why don't you give us a little sense in our audience of CEOs of middle market companies? Tell us a little bit about your background, Ron. Uh, Sure. I've been with uh, Schaefer Consulting for about 30 years, so it's a little bit of ancient history. Um, but I, uh, I joined the firm out of graduate school. I actually started after college uh, teaching special education, and what I discovered was that these students that had sort of behavioral problems, the, the issue was not that the kids didn't have issues, but the school system had issues. So I got very intrigued with looking at an organization as a system and went back to school, got my doctorate in organizational behavior, and uh, discovered Schaefer Consulting while I was in graduate school and have been with them ever since. What is it that Schaefer Consulting works on? Kind of what makes the firm different? Why do clients hire Schaefer Consulting over other firms that are in your space? Well, we're a bit of a unique firm. Um, First of all, we we don't do studies and reports like many other consulting firms do. We really try to target uh, clients who are impatient, managers who believe that their organizations can achieve far more than what they're already achieving. And we, we've, we've found that there's this hidden reserve in most organizations. I, for example, worked with a, uh, a textile company that made fabrics for um, carpet manufacturers mm-hmm. uh, a number of years ago. And they, they had two lines that were pretty much equal, and a, a storm really damaged one of the lines, but they had to keep going with their productivity. Somehow they figured out a way to shift much of their production to the other line, increase the capacity of it, and be able to make every customer order on time while they were also fixing the other line. Now, it's not possible to keep this up all the time, but what that shows and what that showed this manager is that uh, there was a, you know, like a 100% increase in productivity, you can't sustain that. But what he realized was that in, in his company, it was possible they were getting just a fraction of what the capability was. So those are the kind of managers we look for, managers who really think and believe that their companies can do far better than what they're doing. I, I would think that would be many firms, Ron. I would think many middle market companies are, are feeling um, there's something bigger and better for their firm if they could just unlock the latent p- possibilities or potential of their firm. So uh, I would think your message resonates with a lot of middle market CEOs across the country. Well, I, I certainly hope so, and I think so. I mean, we've had very good success in uh, middle market types of, of firms, and, and particularly over the last several years because so many firms have focused so much on cost-cutting so we have sort of fewer and fewer 
people but trying to do more and more work. So how do you figure out a way to do the work differently in a way that really increases the, uh, the productivity of the organization, but also figure out a way to be more innovative so you grow with new products and new solutions? Um, so it's, it's a, a major challenge that uh, I think middle market firms have, as well as large firms in, in these days. So I, I think this message does resonate with them. Perfect. I wonder if you could talk to us a little bit about the rapid results approach. You know, what is it, and and how do you implement this concept when working with clients? Well, the, the notion behind rapid results is that in order to change something in your company, uh, what a lot of companies do and other consultants do is they, they study the problem, and they study it, and they analyze it, and they collect data, and they come up with a report and a recommendation. So our view and where the rapid results approach comes in is do just enough study, and sometimes that's just talking to a few people because most people have a lot of good ideas about what to do. And the best way to learn about how do you make change happen and how do you tap into that potential and that hidden reserve is to actually try things, to do things quickly. So we create this rapid results approach. It's a little bit like a microcosm of a crisis, but without the crisis. So you have all the factors, say, in 100 days, challenge a team to increase their output or their productivity in a small focused way by a percent that they thought might be impossible. But give them the challenge to do it and some help in, in getting that done. And most of the time, they're able to come up with very creative ways of doing that. And what they learn from that during the course of that 100 days can then be scaled and, and applied to other things. So we have lot, lots of examples of that. Uh, I'm currently working with a, a small newspaper, a local newspaper that's having challenges with circulation, and they have lots of ideas about what to do. What we're focusing in on is one small neighborhood that's in their circulation area and taking a lot of these ideas and testing them very quickly, sort of rapid experimentation. And as they figure out what works and doesn't work, they're changing it and modifying it and gradually seeing their Getting, getting some real goals and being able to hit their targets in that uh, in that area, and then they'll be able to scale off of that. So that that's the idea of the rapid results approach: is get some real success, do it in a fast way, but do it in a way that you get a lot of learning at the same time. And there's certain things, Ron, in my experience as well, that uh, a middle market CEO and his organization or her organization, you you can't learn the ex until you actually do it. You know, you can. You can plan for it all you want and do contingency planning and, and all that, but until you're in the game and you're actually testing your, your thinking, there are just things that you can't anticipate that, you know, you need to be in the game a little bit. You learn so much more, so much more quickly, I think, as well by, by trying things. And it's an interesting approach that, that you guys use in rapid results approach. Absolutely. I mean, we sometimes call it rapid experimentation because you're, you're always experimenting and learning as you go along. Right. Um, no, no matter what anyone tells you, that most business plans are theory right. and sometimes are exercises in creative writing. Yes, so exactly. You have to actually get out there into the marketplace and see, you know, how's the customer going to really react to this? How do our people react to it? Can we actually do this? Do we have the capability? So those are things you can only learn through experience. I think it was the great strategist uh, boxer Mike Tyson who said everybody has a plan until they get punched in the mouth, right? And, <laughs> and in business, you can have all line. the plans you want until you meet the marketplace and see how the customers and your competitors react to you. 
Absolutely. All right. I'd like to ask you if you could, you know, you, you, <clears throat> you have a lot of experience and, and education and you know, the lessons that you've learned in your career. I'm wondering if you have a, a philosophy or a guiding principle that you might be able to uh, share with our audience at this point. Well, probably the, uh, the one guiding principle is that people are really motivated by success. And one of the things that managers can do is to help engineer small successes for their people. So these small successes can be incredibly motivating and give people the confidence that they can try something a little more ambitious and more ambitious. Uh, and, and that's a, just a great way to run a company is to have it be built on a foundation of continuing small successes. Uh, but managers, I think one of the keys is that don't leave those to chance. Sort of engineer them and focus them. Focus on one customer. Focus on one production line. Focus on one geography if you're, if you're selling things. So I think that, that's the guiding principle. Try to find some small successes and really build on those. You're Okay, thank you. Your company lists five factors that are distinct from other consulting firms, and I'm wondering if, if you could just give us a quick read on these five concepts. I, I have them here in front of me. Results as a means as well as an end, delivery of improvement, speed used to mitigate risk, experience at all levels, and development of clients. Those five are, are five factors that are distinct to, to Schaefer Consulting. Could you just give us a sense for what those five kind of mean culturally and to your clients? Well, sure. Some of it is similar to what we just talked about with the rapid results approach and the, and the guiding principle of small successes. But the re results as a means as well as an end. Every consulting firm and all managers all talk about we're in the business of results. We're always going to get results. But most consultants do start with a lot of studies and a lot of evaluations and a lot of analysis. So we start with results because we think results is not just what you want to get to, but results is also the means to get there. So if you focus on a, on a short-term goal, 100 days or less, or 30 days or less, it just gives you all kinds of information and confidence and momentum and new skills and opportunities to learn. So that, that's what we mean by results as a means as well as an end. You know, as, I, as I'm listening to you uh, drive home that point, which it's very valid, the other thought that I'm having, Ron, is that uh, when you do that in increments like that, manageable small chunks, if, you're, if it doesn't turn out the way you had expected, it's okay to fail. And so you also build, I think, a little bit of resilience in the culture of the company about taking a chance and trying something new, knowing that it's kind of a managed risk as well. Absolutely. Well, that, that's the third principle, speed, use speed to mitigate risk. But it's the notion of failing fast. So if you're doing contained experiments over a short period of time on a focused target, like with, with one customer or with one production line or one geography, then you can, you can take a little bit of a risk and see is it going to work or not work. If it doesn't work, you haven't bet the farm on it. You've done it in a small, contained way, and you've you've thought of it as an experiment. That that makes it uh, you, you can fail fast. And the faster you fail, the the better. That that's great. Then you can figure out what you did wrong or what didn't work, and do something different. Because I think the fear of failure or the risk to one's career in a larger organization, and maybe even in middle market firms, can really stifle innovation and creativity uh, throughout the company. If if they've seen those that have tried, who've dared to try something new, go
go down in flames, the next person is less likely to step out on that ledge and give it a try as well. So, so this, this concept really is encouraging for people to, to make the effort because the reward feels like it's bigger than the risk. Sure. Well, we're all more comfortable with what we know and what we've been doing and how we've been doing things. And as soon as you do something different, you, you don't know, is, is this going to work and what's going to be the consequences? And, right. and particularly, the, the bigger the change, the more the risk. So right. um, being able to do something quickly and in focused ways really reduces that, risk, that sense of risk. Ron, we're going to take our next commercial break here. When we come back, I'm going to ask you, uh, you're a recognized international speaker, and you work with CEOs of various size firms, as well as you're an author of both articles and books. And I'd like to spend a couple minutes, if you would, when we get back from the commercial break, if you could talk a bit about simplicity-minded management, your books, Simplicity-Minded Management. So, ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with Ron Ashkenaz, Senior Partner at Schaefer Consulting, after these words from our commercial sponsors. Richard Franzi is a highly sought-after keynote speaker on topics of interest to CEOs of middle firms across North America. Richard's talks include Killing Cats Leads to Rats, a fascinating look at how unintended consequences of CEOs' decisions impact their firm's performance. Your Gray Matter Matters, which explores how a CEO's mindset can differentiate a middle market firm and define its culture. Richard delivers talks to a variety of audiences, ranging from executive team retreats to keynotes in front of hundreds of CEOs. To learn more about his talks, visit criticalmassforbusiness.com and select the contact page or call 949-887-4104. Smart Business Network is a business-to-business multimedia company providing insight, advice, and strategy for C-level executives of fast growth, middle market, and large companies. As one of the nation's largest publishers of local management journals, under the Smart Business name, Smart Business Network publishes 19 regional print editions, presents dozens of large and small-scale business conferences and award programs, and produces a vibrant interactive digital media presence. For more information, visit us at www.sbnonline.com. There's something uniquely positive about the word up. When things are good, things are looking up. When you want to go fast, you speed up. And when you're really cheering, you stand up. So when you want to move up, what do you do? Well, when it comes to getting your bachelor's degree or master's degree, there's one university that stacks up better than virtually everyone else, and that university is Brandman. Brandman University is ranked by U.S. News and World Report as one of the nation's top ten universities for online bachelor's programs, and it ranked best in the state of California. Brandman also received top honors from U.S. News and World Report for our online graduate programs in business and education. Plus, our programs are available on ground at more than 25 convenient campuses. So to wrap things up, we recommend you look us up at brandman.edu. That's brandman.edu. And find out how to move up like never before. Brandman University. Move up. back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. I'd like to thank and acknowledge our listeners who download our show as a podcast. You've downloaded over 10,000 shows during the last 30 days. We here at the program appreciate your continued and growing support. All of our shows can be heard live here on radio station OCTalkRadio.net 
or rebroadcast anytime from Apple iTunes, Stitcher.com, and other business-oriented podcasting services. Ron Ashkenaz is our guest. He's a senior partner at Schaefer Consulting. Before the break, Ron, I said I'd like to spend a little bit of time asking you if you would talk about the content and concepts behind simplicity-minded management. Uh, sure, Rick. Actually, Simplicity Mind of Management is, is an article that I wrote for Harvard Business Review. The book is called Simply Effective, which was sort of an expansion of the article. And it came out of work that I, I had the opportunity to do originally with, uh, as part of a team that worked with Jack Welch at GE over 20 years ago. Uh, when, when Welch was transforming GE, one of his key principles was simplicity. And that notion of simplicity was very powerful in taking you know, a company as big and complex as GE. And one of the things that, uh, that Welch did was really foster a culture of simplicity. So in, in working in that project and then with many other companies over the years, began to think about what, what is it that creates complexity in organizations. And some of it is, some of it is inevitable. You know, we have new technologies and changing business environments and regulations and all those things. But more and more I observed and in working with companies saw that a lot of the complexity we create ourselves, managers create themselves. Uh, and there are a number of different sources of it. But, for example, too many products and too many product variations. So we keep adding products, but we never take products away. And every time we add products and added product variations, it creates cost in the system. And we feel a loyalty to those products and an emotional emotional connection to them. And it's very hard to turn them off or to stop offering them. But sometimes that's what we have to do. We have to rationalize our product lines. That's just one thing. Um, and there are a number of others in terms of the way we create processes that are too complex. And often we create, um, we have managerial behaviors that are too complex, meetings that go on forever and that don't really accomplish anything, uh, lack of real management disciplines, emails that go off to a lot of people, but I'm sure everybody has had this experience of getting emails and wondering why I was on this list and what am I supposed to do about this, etc. All of that creates complexity. The purpose of the book and a lot of work we do with companies uh, about that book is how do you begin to get control over the complexity that you create because that's the good news. If you've created it, you can do something about it. Is it your experience then that in um, in, in removing the complexity that the organization, the people are comfortable with the concept of, of simplifying the business or or do you find or have you found, is it your experience that maybe the own, the organization itself may resist the idea of becoming less complex? Well, I think mo most people want to be successful, and they want to do the best possible work they can and have a good experience and enjoy what they're doing. And uh, mo Most people at work, whether it's whether they're kind of frontline employees or managers, don't really like spending their day and not feeling like they've accomplished anything. So if you can kind of clear away some of the unproductive, unnecessary stuff and get people to focus on things that really do make a difference where they can see a line of sight to what they're really accomplishing, they usually feel pretty good about it. The other thing is that if, if they're spending all this time doing things that are not all that productive but are sort of feeding the machinery and the beast mm -hmm. to kind of keep stuff going, they don't have much time to think about how do we be innovative and how do we solve customer problems. 
we're, we're just spending all our time just sort of keeping up and writing those reports and going to those meetings, et cetera. So I, I find most people are extremely receptive, in fact, excited about how do we make things less complex. Is it your experience, Ron, that applying technology to, to, uh, to a company helps to make it more effective, efficient, and simple, or builds a complexity in the business that requires a different skill set and, you know, more investment? Well, I mean, like, like any tool, it has to be applied appropriately. I mean, let's just use a, this a very simple example of um, emails was supposed to be, and it, and it is a fantastic way to communicate with people anywhere, anywhere at any time. But oftentimes we don't use it appropriately, so people end up getting inundated with, with emails, and it becomes overwhelming. Their inbox is full, and they get frustrated, and they never get to the important ones, and they can't sort out which ones are which. So it's a matter of how do we use technology to be able to uh, have the, the, the most simple, lean, and effective organization possible. Okay, so if you're interested in getting the book Simply Effective, where would they find it, Ron? Well, it's, it's available on Amazon. It's published by uh, Harvard Business Press, and it uh, uh, can be available on uh, any of those means. Fantastic. If someone would be interested in learning more about Schaefer Consulting, how would they find the firm online, Ron? Well, our, our website is www.schaeferresults.com, all one word, Schaefer, S-C-H-A-F-F-E-R, results. Well, I appreciate the time you've given us here on Critical Mass Radio Show and sharing a little bit about your background experience and the work that you and your firm does for middle market and larger firms here and smaller firms, it sounds like, as well uh, in in the United States and uh, maybe in other parts of the world as well. But thank you very much, Ron, for being a part of the program, a friend of the program, and a part of the Critical Mass business community. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Rick. Have a good day. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you've enjoyed our show today and that either the first interview or our second interview with Ron helped you to give you information, ideas, and a perspective that will help you to improve your business decision-making skills. This show is brought to you by our commercial sponsors, Brandman University, Commercial Bank of California, Decision Toolbox, Smart Business Magazine, Succession Strategies, and Center Club. Our engineer for today's show is Paul Roberts. Our producer is Crystal Nunley. Our guest coordinator is Kathleen Shepard. Social media manager, Asia Celestino. And I'm your host, Rick Franzi. If you'd like to learn more about Critical Mass for Business or want to refer a future guest or maybe even advertise, visit our website at criticalmass4forbusiness.com. Until the next show, I hope all of your decisions will move your company in a positive direction. You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show. Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi.